0: Hi, it's Michael Senoff with Michael Sinoff's The title of this interview is called How to Stop the Baby Blues from Turning Dark and Scary. It's what every mother-to-be needs to do to prevent postpartum depression. Postpartum depression can hit any new mom. It's not hereditary, and there's no real determining factor to let doctors know who will get it and who doesn't. This scary disorder can turn even the happiest of women into shells of their old selves, lost, scared, and guilt-ridden with frightening thoughts they have no control over. Dr. Shoshana Bennett says that not only do these women deserve to be happy with the right action plan in place, they will be happy. And in this short audio interview, you'll hear all about this horrible disorder that strikes one out of every six new moms and the wellness strategy that can stop it. You'll also hear common symptoms to watch out for that will let you know when normal baby blues has crossed the line. You'll learn the number one life-changing thing partners can do if they suspect that a new mom has postpartum depression. You'll learn the startling discovery that certain kinds of therapies actually make this disorder worse and which one should have any depressed new moms running in the opposite direction if they come across it. You'll learn about dangerous risk factors. You'll want to avoid when pregnant that could send you over the edge and you'll learn a real life look at the worst case scenario if this disorder goes untreated. Dr. Bennett knows how frightening postpartum depression can be because she went through it herself. Self back at a time when there was very little known about the disorder. That experience drove her to research it herself, and now she says women can recover more than 100%. After the right treatment, they can actually expect to have a better self back. And In this audio interview, you'll hear all about the wellness plan that will get you on the right track. Now let's get going.
1: Hi, this is Chris Costello, and I've teamed up with Michael Senoff to bring you the world's best wellness-related interviews. So if you know anyone struggling with their weight, with cancer, diabetes, ADHD, autism, heart disease, or other health challenges, please send them to michaelsenoffshardtofindseminars.com. Dr. Bennett, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Chris. Thanks so much for inviting me. So you're the go-to expert on postpartum depression. Well, I have often been
2: referred to that way. And, you know, I've been in this field now for over 20 years, and this came directly from personal experience. I mean, I never thought I'd be one to go through this myself. I didn't even know what it was called back in the 80s. But it is so satisfying to be able to help new mommies and expected moms to avoid what I went through with is two devastating, life-threatening postpartum depression. So
1: I love what I do. I've got the best job in the world. How do you prepare for the possibility of dealing with postpartum depression?
2: Wonderful question, because I'm all about prevention, as I know you are. There is so much that we can do to help avoid, sometimes totally prevent a postpartum depression, at least minimize the condition. So the first thing to do is if you're doing well in pregnancy, some women are not, this hits the same percentage of pregnant women as it does postpartum, but if you're doing well in pregnancy, certainly you still need a wellness plan. Every expectant mom needs a wellness plan. So... That includes exercise, something to oxygenate her brain. It doesn't have to mean going to the gym, but some kind of movement is possible. It includes excellent nutrition. We know in the research there are specific nutrients that feed and boost our mental health. Omega-3 fish oil is one very important one, and we could do a whole show on some of the other nutrients that we now know helps to keep moods even, eating protein. Throughout the day. Keeping the blood sugar even can also help to keep mood stable. Who's going to be feeding the mom? Who's going to be bringing her food? Who's going to be in charge of that nutrition? Also, nighttime sleep. Often couples aren't even talking about who is going to be on duty when, when the baby comes. So having some kind of plan of action to make sure that mom is getting some uninterrupted hours of nighttime sleep, which can certainly help to protect serotonin in her brain. Serotonin is one of the most important mood regulators, the neurotransmitters in charge of mood stability. So these are some of the key elements, certainly emotional support. Who is going to be there for her to lean on, for her to talk to? And physical support, who's going to be there to give her regular breaks away from her child or children and the home so that she can nurture herself and she won't get lost in the shuffle. So even without a history of depression or previous postpartum depression, every mother-to-be needs to have a plan of action in place so that she can help to ward off any possible mood disorder. Well, as a new mother, certainly if she's had a history of depression, or most definitely if she's had a previous postpartum depression, she's at about an 80% risk of having another one without a wellness plan. So it's very, very important that that's in place if she knows she's high risk. I should say, though, that your listeners should know that no one is immune. Even if there's no family history or personal history of depression or other mood or anxiety disorder, anybody can get hit. It's like a roulette wheel. You know, we never quite know what's going to happen after delivery. But most definitely, if she has symptoms that are getting in the way of her daily functioning, in other words, it's very normal to have baby blues, uncomfortable but mild, symptoms of vulnerability, of feeling dependent, you know, weepiness, those kinds of feelings for a couple of weeks. But if it keeps going, even if the symptoms are mild, if week after week after week she is still feeling the blues, we now call it postpartum depression and she should absolutely get some help. The other way we can tell the difference is if the severity of the symptoms in the way, as I said, of her daily life. So if she is unable to sleep at night when her baby is sleeping, that is a big red flag. So any kind of insomnia, she has trouble going to sleep or staying asleep, even when her baby is sleeping, she should help immediately, if she is feeling angry or short-tempered, if she's very anxious, if she's obsessive, scary thoughts going through her head, disturbing thoughts to her, if she has very low self-esteem, if she's saying things and thinking things like, I don't deserve to be a mother, the baby would do better without me, my husband is a better father, those kinds of feelings of my baby's rejecting my milk, those types of feelings are not normal for new moms. So a loved one should be on the lookout for here things like this, if she has appetite problems, especially a loss of appetite, that's another warning sign. So there are a number of very common symptoms that we should be watching for and can alert us to whether or not this is normal or it's over the line and she really needs some intervention. The partner can make such a difference. You know, loved ones, even if there's not a partner, but just close loved ones can make such a difference in her recovery. Sometimes she knows there's something wrong, but she might be ashamed or embarrassed or if you know, she doesn't want to come forward because she's thinking, if I need help, that means I'm some kind of a failure. I'm inadequate as a mom. So she doesn't come forward. She just tries to put on a happy face and pretend. The best things that loved ones can do, especially partners can do, is say, you deserve to be happy. You know, this happens to the best of moms. Would you like to talk to somebody who's been there? This is not your fault. You're an excellent mom. I'm behind you 100%. Let's get you proper help and do whatever we need to do to help you feel happy you deserve to be happy. Those kinds of statements can make really a huge relief to her. If she gets defensive, a lot of people are afraid of saying something to a mom when they know she's suffering because they're afraid she's going to be upset. Well, if we think about it, when do we get defensive? We get defensive when we think we're being accused of something negative. So if she thinks that having postpartum depression means she's not a good mother, she's not capable, she can't handle it, then she might get defensive. But if you, approach it just very matter-of-factly and say, you look like you're stressed and, you know, this happens to one in six women, I mean, 15 to 20 percent, you know, this happens to the best of moms. Let's get you some help so that you can really feel good. You deserve to be happy. Just very matter-of-factly, that defensiveness will just melt away. It's very important not to be suffering in silence. The faster mom gets help, the better it is for her entire family. And definitely the prognosis is better for the entire family. You know, But postpartum depression is not a woman's issue. I mean, this is a public health issue. and untreated maternal depression hurts kids, hurts marriages, Her prognosis is worse. Untreated maternal depression can also lead to chronic depression. It doesn't necessarily go away on its own. So no one should be suffering like this. There is excellent help out there now. There certainly wasn't when I went through it in the 80s, but I'm very happy to say that many therapists have now been trained around the country and around the world. I often refer women to various therapists. I work by phone and webcam, so it makes it easy. But if somebody wants to work with somebody close to them geographically, often I can give them a referral to do so. This should be handled as matter-of-factly as gestational diabetes or any other very common perinatal disorder. No shame or embarrassment should be associated with this at all. The faster you jump on it, the faster you get proper help, the better the prognosis. And, you know, there isn't a cookie-cutter approach to recovery. Each woman who calls me receives an individual plan of action of recovery. Certainly there are the basic keys that we mentioned earlier in the program, the basic keys to recovery, but certainly also, she may need a particular piece that the next woman might not. For instance, if she moves to a different state before she has a baby and all of her support system is back in the other geographical area, she might feel very isolated, and that makes her very high risk for postpartum depression. So she might need some help in that particular area, getting some real emotional and physical help. Another woman, it might not be postpartum depression at all. She might have a thyroid disorder, and so I'd be suggesting to her that she gets a blood test to find out what's going on there. So, again, each woman really deserves an individual
1: wellness strategy. I'm Chris Costello, reporting from Michael Senoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. So, Dr. Bennett, you're also known as Dr. Shosh. That's right. A few years ago, my client started calling me Dr. Shosh. It was
2: easier than Shoshana, and that name stuck. My website will reflect my nickname,
1: which is DrShosh.com. Great. Doctor and then S-H-O-S-H.com, right? That's right. So what are some of the things that you've found that you've told practitioners to do that have been really helpful to their clients? We can
2: spend an hour on that, Chris, but if a woman truly needs an antidepressant, then we can thank our lucky stars that the medication is there and it can be worked into her wellness plan. But usually this does not have to be the first-line treatment. I am known as the natural whenever possible therapist. I'm certainly not against medication. And, again, if somebody needs it, then good and she can take it, and hopefully it will help her. But most of the doctors who refer to me will tell their patients and their clients, I'm ready to prescribe if you truly need it. But talk to Dr. Shosh first. Get a wellness plan. And if you still need that medication, I'm ready to give it to you. There are so many natural and alternative treatments out there that might help her and she might be able to avoid the medication, which many women want to do. They'll often call me and say, I'll do whatever I need to do to get my head back. My family needs me. This feels horrible. I need to get myself back. But if you can help me stay off the medication, I'd love that. And what I tell her, of course, I never promise that I can do that, but I will certainly help her with various techniques and modalities of treatment, and very frequently we can help her avoid or at least minimize the dosage that she's on, which makes her very happy. At this time, you know, when a woman is suffering with postpartum depression, she's scared. She is guilt-ridden. Often she is very frightened that she's not going to be able to function the way she hoped she would. As a mom, she feels lost. She feels like a shell of her old self. She might have very scary thoughts going through her mind. I mean, this is a very scary Disorder. And if clinicians are thinking this is the time for psychoanalysis, they'd be incorrect. Psychoanalysis is not appropriate right now. So these women need a solid, very practical strategy of putting one foot in front of the other. They need to be told what they need to do in order to start getting their heads back immediately. It's not the time to go back in childhood and start
1: talking about that stuff. So talk therapy is not necessarily the right course of action? Oh, talk therapy is extremely important, but it needs to be the right
2: kind. So, for instance, cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, very important. Interpersonal therapy can be very effective, but the old-fashioned psychoanalytic, you know, four times a week talking about childhood stuff and examining things and analyzing things, it really is seen as inappropriate at this time. And many therapists go through school being trained in psychoanalysis. I'm not saying that it's always inappropriate for people to go into psychoanalysis. I'm just saying that women need a strategy, a very practical strategy, when they're going through postpartum depression. You know, it's more the short-term crisis. That women need, not the long-term therapy, at least not to start with. My colleagues and I agree that postpartum depression and the other related mood and anxiety disorders are mainly caused by biochemistry. It's physiological and etiology mainly. But certainly there are psychosocial factors as well, which can make it worse. For instance, if the mom is isolated, if she's taking care of the baby day in and day out by herself for more than eight hours at a time, this puts her at very high risk. If she's had trauma recently or even in the past that's coming up to haunt her, I mean, it certainly can make a depression or anxiety worse if there are big stressors that she's facing certainly make things worse for instance women often call me and they'll say i just moved or we just made some huge change in our lives for some reason that often happens couples are thinking good let's quickly move before the baby comes and they haven't a clue really they mean well but they don't know how much stress this is going to cause and it often puts her at higher risk that are most vulnerable during pregnancy and postpartum. And actually, that is contrary to the old belief that the pregnancy hormones will protect us from mental health problems or even physical problems. Now we know it's quite the contrary. We are at our most vulnerable. If something's going to surface, it's during pregnancy or postpartum. Hired help, such as doulas, can make a big difference. The birthing doulas, the postpartum. Sometimes we need to hire that community if that's financially feasible for the couple. And it's interesting that even, you know, the transcultural studies we have are excellent. And varying societies, very different from our own, have been researched. And the statistics are actually quite similar throughout the world regarding what percentage of new mothers are hit with postpartum depression. It's quite interesting. So biochemically, we are hit at about the same rate, but there are certainly varying expectations of motherhood from culture to culture, which can make a big difference. I want your audience to know that there is great help out there and with proper help, they will recover to 100%. As a matter of fact, I ask my clients when they first start working with me, would you like even a better self back? And they go, if that's possible, I'd love that. And that's what I hear all the time. Because sometimes, you know, we hit a crisis, but as we put ourselves back together, we can shed some old stuff that's been hanging around as well, and we can feel better than ever. I'm all about finding and keeping joy And again, don't suffer in silence. Get the help. You deserve to be happy. The whole family rotating around mom, so mom needs to be well for everybody to be well. That's what I want your audience to know. Postpartum depression for dummies very clearly outlines recovery. As a matter of fact, I don't want to say that books should replace therapy. It's best, of course, if one can be working one-on-one with a therapist who really specializes in this area because it is a specialty. But what I'm hearing and what I've heard over the years from women who have picked up the book, Postpartum Depression for Dummies, is that they have been led step-by-step to recovery, and it gives them so much reassurance and hope because they know they're going in the right direction. And it has been so satisfying to get those emails and to get those voicemails. And once they know this is temporary, they'll get themselves back, if not a better self. They're able to giggle again. They're able to have a perspective that they will feel wonderful again. And again, when I went through my two bouts, I didn't have help. I went undiagnosed and untreated. And honestly, Chris, I was very close at a couple of times to just offing myself. I really thought I was a burden to my family. My baby deserved a better mother. My husband would be better off without me. If it can hit me this way, it can hit anybody because I am generally a very, very happy Joyous person. And I was at the bottom of that proverbial well. And that's why, I mean, it is my mission to make sure that mommies and families do not ever go through what I went through. Now there's help. So there's no reason to be suffering in silence. Get that help. It's there. I'd be happy to help you myself or certainly to help refer women who get in contact with
1: me. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bennett, for spending the time with us. And uh, if people want to find out more about what you're up to, where can they go? They can go to drshosh.com,
2: dot com. .com. They can call me directly at 707 Eight seven five nine nine six
1: one. That's the end of our interview, and I hope you've enjoyed it. For more great health-related interviews, go to Michael Senoff's HardToFindSeminars.com.
0: That's the end of this interview with Dr. Shoshana Bennett on postpartum depression. I hope it's been helpful, and for more wonderful interviews for new mothers, go to HardToFindSeminars.com.